This is Calm and Cozy, episode 52. You're listening to the Calm and Cozy podcast. I'm Beth Wyatt, your insomnia, rest, and self-care coach. I'm also an artist, avid crocheter, expert napper, and occasional blogger. This podcast is full of practical advice for anyone looking for relief from insomnia symptoms, racing thoughts, and bedtime anxiety. I also cover general sleep topics, stress relief, and peaceful self-care rituals. If your life could use a little less busyness and a little more stillness, fill up your diffuser and find your coziest blanket because you're in the right place. This episode is sponsored by Endy, the great Canadian mattress. Endy is committed to changing the way Canadians sleep one mattress at a time. Save $50 off any size mattress using the coupon code SLEEPCOACH50 at endy.com. That's E-N-D-Y dot com. This episode is kind of the third in my sleep study series. The first part of my story is in episode 48, when I talk about my excessive daytime sleepiness, the symptoms I've struggled with for 20 plus years, and how I got referred to a sleep clinic. Episode 49 is about my overnight sleep study, and how weird it is to be covered in wires while a stranger watches you sleep through a tiny camera. This episode, number 52, is about my follow-up appointment with the sleep doctor, and the results of the sleep study. If you refuse to go back and listen to episodes 48 and 49, I'll do a short recap here while applauding your feistiness. Basically, I've been sleepy for a really long time, and if given the opportunity, can and will take several naps per day. I thought it was due to my poor sleep habits until two years ago when I took a sleep sciences course. After applying what I had learned, which is basically all here in my entire Calm and Cozy podcast, my insomnia symptoms disappeared and my sleep habits became award-winning. I was getting the much-needed amount of sleep I needed every night, but unfortunately, I was still tired all the time. It's funny to me that I had to become a sleep specialist to realize I had sleep issues, but at least I can speak from experience, right? It was while I was reading Julie Flygar's book, Wide Awake and Dreaming, A Memoir of Narcolepsy, that I first realized there was something going on with my sleep. Julie is the founder and CEO of Project Sleep, and I'm very excited to have her as a podcast guest in a few weeks. Her book is fantastic. Julie and I connected on Instagram about a year ago, and she's a passionate advocate for people living with narcolepsy. I can't wait for you to hear her story, and I feel guilty for making this all about me right now, but her book really did help me in ways she'll never know. I was reading about Julie's extreme sleepiness and relating to a lot of it. I guess I didn't realize my own sleepiness was so extreme until I read about it through someone else's eyes. 
I knew what it was like to get a sudden overwhelming urge to sleep and trying to force my eyes to stay open because it wasn't a good time or place to have a nap. I could relate to the feeling of waking up from a long nap and having creepy dreams that felt so real. I understood the dangers of driving long distances at night because my eyes would slowly start to close no matter how loud the music or cold the air blasting through the vents. Even as I record this, I'm looking forward to my next nap. When I finished her book, I sent her so many long-winded private messages on Instagram that I can't believe she responded as sweetly as she did. Anyone else would have been like, whoa, girl, relax. Nobody's got time for this. So since reading your book and learning about narcolepsy, I'm wondering if I have it. Then I told her all the symptoms I've experienced for so many years, and she chatted with me for a while. She encouraged me to see my doctor and to push to have the sleep study done. I'm so grateful she was so patient and encouraging because it was a strange night for me going from that's just how it's been for so long to it's not normal and I think I need to see a doctor. Since that night, I've done a lot of research into sleep disorders and my symptoms sound to me more like what's called idiopathic hypersomnia which is a neurological disorder that's a milder form of narcolepsy. According to hypersomniafoundation.org, people with idiopathic hypersomnia sleep normal or long amounts of time each night, but still feel excessively sleepy during the day. Additional symptoms and complaints commonly include unrefreshing or non-restorative sleep, sleep inertia, and sleep drunkenness. Symptoms often first appear in the mid to late teens or early 20s, although they can begin in childhood or at a later age. Well, shit, that sounds a lot like me. So I went to have a sleep study done, and my results were both expected and unexpected. The first 20 minutes of my appointment was spent in a small room that looked like both a hotel room and a storage room. It had a bed framed floral pictures on the walls, and several stacks of boxes. I tried not to make eye contact with the bed so I wouldn't start fantasizing about napping on it. The woman asking the questions was nice and funny, and we laughed a lot while she took my blood pressure and asked about my family health history. The doctor then came in, checked my heartbeat, and asked me to follow him into his office. He was a soft-spoken man who looked small behind his giant, elaborately carved wooden desk. He showed me pages of my sleep study on the computer monitor beside him. He wasted no time telling me what he found. You have very mild obstructive sleep apnea, he said. I would never have seen that coming. My response was, really? When you are in your deepest sleep, your breath becomes very shallow, he continued. You slept for almost six hours during your study and woke up 19 times. I didn't remember waking up that many times. I've never woken up with dry mouth or gasping for air. I don't commonly snore unless my allergies are bad or if I have a head cold, which I only get every couple years. This diagnosis came as a complete surprise. He went on to tell me that my breathing was worse when I slept on my back, and that made me laugh out loud. 
I'd been a side sleeper my entire life until a few years ago. Sleeping on my back is said to be the best sleeping position. And now I was being told that my sleeping position was causing mild sleep apnea. He said it was likely making me feel tired during the day. We discussed the lifestyle changes I've been making that should help. I cut out milk and cream because it was making my nose runny. I told him I've been exercising daily and he liked that. Obstructive sleep apnea is the most common form of sleep apnea. It's when your throat muscles relax too much during sleep, affecting your breathing. Your brain senses this impaired breathing and wakes you up from sleep so that you can reopen your airway. One of the reasons it's bad for your health is because the brief awakenings are disrupting your sleep cycles. Your body needs to cycle through all stages of sleep every night to be completely beneficial. I'll go deeper into sleep apnea in an upcoming episode. Okay, then the not-so-unexpected part of my sleep study arrived. The doctor asked how long I'd been feeling excessively sleepy during the day. Oh, since high school, I said. Maybe 25 years. I told him about the naps in strange places at inconvenient times. And then he said the words I'd been expecting. Idiopathic hypersomnia. He said it commonly starts at the age mine started, and if sleep apnea wasn't the sole cause of my sleep issues, he would look into it further. Hypersomnia is treated with medication, he said. I must have made a face at that because he followed that up quickly with, if you want. I thought for several seconds. He watched me and finally I shrugged and asked, so what do we do now? Well, if you don't want to try a CPAP machine... I didn't. Or medication. I didn't. I think you should continue to do what you're doing, he said thoughtfully. Staying active, eliminating dairy, trying to sleep on your side. Let's give it three months, and if there's no change in how you feel during the day, we'll test for hypersomnia. Ah, another overnight science experiment followed by the famous daytime napping test. I have to admit, I was curious to see if I could fall asleep every two hours. I didn't want to have hypersomnia, but at least it would explain the last 20-something years of sneaking off to sleep on other people's beds. I thanked him, and I was on my way. My feelings about my results? Relief that I'm not just being silly. I am tired for a reason. From the date of the appointment with my family doctor and the results of my sleep study... I waited maybe 10 weeks. I can't imagine how frustrating it must be for people who have spent years trying to get a diagnosis. It also must be so frustrating not to have supportive people in your life while you're going through it. I told a friend I was going for a sleep study because I was excessively tired and needing several naps per day. She told me everyone is tired and I probably need to take iron pills. That's only one annoying conversation with one person. Can you imagine having daily conversations like that for years? For this reason, I'm going to be doing a series on sleep disorders. I want to hear from real people with real stories, and I hope hearing from them will help others who have sleep issues recognize the symptoms and find help. If you've been diagnosed with a sleep disorder and you want to tell your story, You can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Sleep Coach Beth and send me a private message. Or you can send me an email at hello 
at bethwyattcoaching.com. It's W-Y-A-T-T. You can be interviewed on a podcast episode if you like, or I can read your story. You can stay anonymous. You can say your name. Whatever you want to share with me is fine. This has been the Calm and Cozy Podcast. Thank you as always for listening, my beautiful bedtime thinkers. Until next time, sleep well and stay cozy. And to my mom who listens to my podcast every night as she falls asleep. Good night, mama.